Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome back to the Awesome Boom podcast. Thank you so much once again for tuning in to listening to me having random conversations with awesome people. I really appreciate all the support and love you guys have been sending me over the social media platforms that I'm on. Um, It's fantastic to have all your support and love. I really appreciate it. This week, uh, Tida and I sit down and we basically recorded a four-hour podcast going even deeper into plant medicines, my experience in plant medicines, my experience with ayahuasca, DMT, uh, psilocybin, uh, mescaline uh, on my recent retreat in Italy, which was, I can only really describe as one of the most fantastic, life-changing, life-changing experiences of my life. And uh the benefits that I've experienced uh, from starting my year-long so journey into plant medicines and ayahuasca has been quite incredible. Um, I'm not going to lie, I generally feel like a completely new person and uh, sometimes it's actually quite scary because I feel like there's parts of me which has been replaced by another version of me. I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but that's the easiest way I can describe it. Before we start, um, this was a really long podcast, it was four hours long, so I'm going to split it down into hour uh, episodes and release that over the next week, so I hope you guys are cool with that. But before we start, I just want to give another massive shout out to our sponsors, Canico. Canico is this fantastic leading British CBD brand. They specialise in full spectrum CBD products, everything from CBD flowers, which you can vape and smoke in the traditional methods, to CBD balms you can rub on your skin for aches and pains and inflammation to full spectrum gel caps which you can ingest to tinctures that you can you know you can drop into your 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 drinks or add to food etc they're a really really fantastic company and you can reach them via their website which is canaco which is spelled k-a-n-a-c-o.co.uk they're also on instagram instagram uh, name is canaco.cbd Uh, So go and check them out. They're a fantastic company. I've got a discount code for all the CBD flowers. So once you purchase them as you're going through your checkout, uh, just add the discount code OB10 and that'll give you 10% discount on all the CBD flowers as well. So that's a pretty good deal. Anyway, I'm going to stop chattering on now and we'll get straight into this really, really good podcast with Tida and I where we go super, super deep. Please, as always, give me feedback on the podcast, good or bad, and big boy, I'll take it on the chin, and I really enjoy receiving good, healthy, uh, constructive criticism to everything that I do, so please don't be shy, Uh, write in and and let me know if I've fluffed up or I need to improve on something, etc. So, let's get straight into this, and uh, I hope you enjoy. So, uh, how was your trip to Spain? Italy. Italy, sorry, it trip to Italy. Yeah, Italy. Um, yeah, Italy was uh, was 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 pretty bonkers to be honest, mate. Because um, we we did we did the podcast literally the day before I realised I was going. Yeah, yeah. Because up until that point, I wasn't um, I wasn't going to go. I wasn't going to go on it. Um, and uh, yeah, literally, you and I we did that podcast, and then the next day I was sat where you're sat now. I was just doing some work, and my friend Greg phoned me up. Who runs the retreats and okay. uh, just sort of general chit chat? And he's like, "Oh, you know, the retreats in two weeks' time." I was like, "Listen, brother, yeah, I'm so sorry, I can't make it. You know, this year, um, you know, just full on and different things going on in my personal life and all that sort of jazz." And being the beautiful soul that he is, he's just like, he's like, "Brother, I'm phoning up to sort of say that you need to come." He said, "You know," I was like, "I just can't." I said, "I can't really afford it." And um, he was like, "No, no, no!" He said, "He said no." He said, "You're, you're, you're coming." He said, "Just, just get a flight, just come." And uh, yeah, I, mem- I remember that day. It was, it was really, it was actually quite emotional. It was actually quite emotional. I remember sort of feeling, "Wow, this is a, this is a real sort of gift." I was very nervous about the idea of going back to the ayahuasca because as soon as I, as soon as he sort of said, "You're coming," I had this feeling inside me of this sort of. It was a mixture of sort of fear, excitement, and that very night I had this really sort of lucid visual dream where Mother Ayahuasca came to me and was just like, you know, you're you're coming back, you're coming (laughs) back, and it's going to be big. Yes, it's going to be a big, big shift. And uh, I really felt it, and it was 
my body and my mind expressed it in a lot of anxiety and fear. And I remember the morning I left to go to go to Heathrow, I was I was in I was an emotional wreck. I was in bits, man. Like literally, I was in bits. I was I was I was I was struggling to hold my shit together. I was I was emotional. I was scared. Um, I was really really anxious. I nearly burst into tears on the train yeah, to the, on the Heathrow Express. Yeah, yeah. Nearly didn't get through security because I was just literally I just feel my heart just going. The anxiety sort of pumping. But in the back of my mind, I was just like, you've just got to do this, man. You've, you've, you've got to do this. And if you're having all these feelings of fear and anxiety, this is something you need to go towards instead of run away from. Yes. You, you really touched on a very important point that we discussed, like anxiety in general. It, these are all very special powers that we have that we don't understand them. But can you imagine knowing what the medicine has done before? This is your second time going in and you getting that, those energetic pangs, I would even use that word. It, these are very special uh, abilities that our bodies are now understanding. Mm. It didn't feel particularly special on, on the train <laughs> as I was sort of trying to sort of sit there holding, holding myself together. So sort of like, you know, God, man, you're nearly 40 years old. You can't burst into tears on a train on the way to the, the airport. Um, but God, I mean, I felt, I felt really, really bad. Um, and on the on the plane, I was just nervous, but just distracting myself with music. Mm. And um, then arrived in Italy. I arrived late in Italy, so I missed my I missed my uh, my 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 driver who was picking me up. He had to so oh. I spent like an hour and a half outside the airport, sitting in the sun, just having a vape. Um, actually, drinking my last beer. <laughs> Uh, I didn't know it was going to be my last beer, <laughs> and uh, yeah, then we we just went straight into this this uh, this fantastic retreat in the most southern part of Italy, which was beautiful. It's all old sort of mafia sort of country, and uh, the villa was sort of back straight onto this beautiful national park, and mm. um, you know, right on the ocean. So I mean, it's it beautiful. This wonderful sort of pine forest, and uh, the smell alone of the pineine was. It was just incredible, man. It was just, it was just stunning. But the, the first day I was there, I was just, I was in bits. But I, you know, it was nice because I was able to meet up with. Um, There's about five, five or six people who I, who I'd done the eye with last year ah, in okay. Ibiza, uh, so that was that was nice. Um, and then obviously met a load of sort of fresh, fresh faces, all of whom had never, never done it before. Mm. Um, so that was exciting. That was very exciting indeed. And um, what was your what was the first night like? I mean, was it just the medicine the first night? Did you do what was your treatment? What was your retreat like? So uh, first night, so I got there on the Wednesday. Uh, first night was literally just sort of we did yoga, uh, meditation, and then just had a really nice meal. Everything was all sort of vegan food, which yeah. I really enjoyed. Um, got to meet a load of well everybody else and uh, have a sort of a good conversation with those people to find out you know why they're here and mm. what they're hoping to achieve i met this really nice guy this uh, young american guy uh, who was a doctor and um, he was sort of sat next to me over dinner and we were sort of chatting and i was just like i was like so you know you've, you've come from chicago that's a that's a long way to come for you know to experiment to, to start this journey and yeah. uh, i was like you know have you ever have you ever tried psychedelics before he's just like he's like no man he's like I, he's like, I barely drink he's like I've never smoked weed never done anything I'm just like and you come straight to a, a, a two week ayahuasca amazing, experience amazing <laughs> I was like you're braver than me my friend and you could just you could just see the terror in his face yeah. I mean literally the colour just drained from this poor guy's face and I was just like look you're going to be absolutely fine and you, the interesting thing was is you could really pick up the anxiety from him oh, yeah. and and actually why he was there and I sort of it was it was very obvious that he'd come from a a challenging background and upbringing mm. with very sort of strict parenting and not a lot of love in his life and that had obviously then gone on to sort of affect him yeah. as an adult and how he sort of communicated and created relationships and stuff yeah. So yeah, so the first night was literally just relaxing and uh, getting stuff together, and then the, 
on the Thursday morning, it was straight into Cambo ceremony. Ah, interesting. Okay. So um, Cambo, for all those who don't know, is this, the, the frog, the frog medicine, which is this incredibly powerful medicine. Um, you know a lot more about it than I do. And um, the Kermit spirit. The Kermit spirit. The, the spirit of the froggy. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, the, the funny thing is like. Right now, we're just getting into plants, right? With uh, the cannabis plant and the ayahuasca and wachuma. I mean, even the other plant medicines that we've had for a long time, are like alcohol, it's made from plants still. It's still made from plant matter, and you know, everything's medicinal. But I think the uh, the amazing thing is that okay, there's plants. That's still logical. But when the conceptuality is when you have a toad that without even harming it you're not even consuming the toad you're consuming its off produced resin so the cambo it goes beyond vegan like the toad that just gave you medicine is still chilling in the jungle having kids doing its thing but its medicine is actually healing you Mm. it's actually healing in a sense through a very beautifully designed algorithmic organic like components because the way it behaves in your body it's phenomenal yeah i mean I, my, as i said my my knowledge of it is, is is limited and i've only i've only done it three times um i'm actually going to interview uh, the lady who does the cambo for me i think next week okay. so she can we can sort of go into detail um but i always find the cambo really actually really quite tough yeah physically physically i find it really tough yeah mentally i find it really tough because it makes me it makes me incredibly ill and uh that's the beauty of it i mean you know what it's doing to you right yeah i mean you you, i mean the thing is like when people say oh i feel sick i don't feel too good they don't really realize that it's your own body creating that mechanism you know if there's something inside it's chilling inside that bugs inside doesn't want you to get sick but it's not supposed to be there so yeah. that's a warning of our body so with the cambo the fact is you're going to feel as if you had a hundred fevers in one go like that sweating that nauseating uh. emotional fluct like fluctuation of like you know all your organs basically yeah it's a uh, quite a beautifully designed medicine it, yeah it's it's, <laughs> it, it, it's it's the most bizarre thing i've ever i've ever taken um and, and the way it's just administered so I mean I'll tell the people who probably don't know is that they basically they burn you with this hot stick uh, to remove the top layers of your skin which they just then rub off and then they apply this sort of this would you call it a resin or is it yeah it's a sort of yeah I, I mean I use the word resin because the way it behaves yeah. when it's come off when it comes off the when it's milked off the toad um, it's got this uh, this um, white colour yeah you know uh, resin to it but when you dry it on the oak stick um, it becomes near translucent yeah. with a tinge of a brown hue to it it's, fa- it's fascinating how it's transported because you, yeah. you just get it on a piece of flat sort of wood isn't it and they yeah. just sort of scrape it off with a wet knife and exactly. they, they build up these little sort of little bits little sa- yeah. sacks of resin and toxin and, and they, you've they, done they, it a lot yeah and then you apply it to your skin and um the initially the, the initial feeling is actually quite interesting because you just get this huge rush of energy yeah. and it's I always liken it a little bit to coming up on like ecstasy okay just that initial rush which then turns from a, something quite enjoyable into <laughs> this sort of incredibly intense experience yeah. and this time my throat really swelled up I uh, really really swelled up and so my face did last time the last two times my face didn't so during the during the experience, I actually there's one point where I thought to myself, just like, oh my god, you know, what have you done? You know, my throat. You really feel my throat swelling up, and it, be, it was restricting. And I was getting, I was burning up. I was so hot, and you could see my whole skin was bright red. Hmm. And then suddenly, some, it was almost like someone's flicked a switch, and um, I went from being bright red to my blood pressure just dropping out my ass and. <laughs> almost going grey green and I was just sweating the, the the sweat was pouring through my beard dripping onto my lap and uh, that was when the sort of nausea <coughs> the sickness really uh, 
really took hold. Yeah. And like you sort of say, I think that's a fairly good analogy. It's like having a hundred fevers all in one go. Yeah. And then I literally spent the rest of the rest of the experience, which was you know probably four hours on 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 the loo, yeah. uh, vomiting, projectile vomiting, and uh, bottom purging. Did you and get the duality at the same time? That up and down, yeah, or down and up, yeah, yeah. It was, it was literally just an explosion from both ends, and at the same time, you're constantly being told to drink more water, which is the thing that you're just like, I'm, I'm projectile vomiting, and you still want me to drink, drink water. water. I'm just like. <laughs> This just goes against everything I've, I've been told to do. Oh, we've we've not even touched the iceberg on on the medicines created by frogs. Like this is like beyond organic intelligence. That's that's. I mean, that's. I think that that would be a whole, whole two three hours of conversation. The stuff that's out there, it's quite amazing. Yeah, I mean, it is it's amazing what it does to your body. I mean. You, you know, for me, I really did feel like I was going to die. And I think if someone had come up to me with a pistol and sort of said, I can finish this now, I might have said yeah, yes. Yeah, I, I might have said yes, because um, I, I literally felt I felt so shit, like so shit. Just yeah. sat on this bloody toilet, vomiting, diarrhea, your stomach's just yeah. squeezing everything out. and But the taste, the taste of everything coming out and you're collecting it all in this bloody bucket. Did you see the colour change? Uh, all the different colours, the, the <laughs> textures... These, you're just like, this has been in my body. But the taste, oh, yeah. the, the taste was unlike anything I've ever experienced in my life. It was revolting. Like after that, I mean, it, it really, the one thing about Cambo, and people say, well, why go through it? We can go for this science, you can understand, great, it just increases white blood cell producing your body. It starts, you start healing yourself. Yeah. It's just triggering that reaction. But if you start seeing the behavior afterwards, I would usually say when you do the Cambo, that's another hardware BIOS update because the stomach, or if I'm with someone that smokes, or someone that drinks, or someone that has a, a habit that is emotionally linked, which they're doing damage to themselves, what's the first thing we can do? Our mouths, right? I realized that after doing Cambo, People naturally had this reaction to things that, okay, if after Cambo, if they were mentally stable, they would take a break with everything. They would have got the message. But some people get a bit happy now and then. A few days after, they're feeling so great, they want to go for like a drink or something or a smoke. And people are like taking a cigarette and it, taking a drag or they started purging immediately. The same reaction occurred before. So no matter what you're going through here, the body has this kind of new system where it will actually like say we don't want this okay but this is what's going to happen to you so it just, it just keeps rejecting certain things mm. so it then admits a little bit of reprogramming of that cigarette now if I smoke it I'm going to purge again so even in a, it's very intelligent very yeah. intelligent medicine no no I, 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 I totally agree with you I think it's fantastic stuff and uh, re- regardless of me feeling absolutely horrible for about four and a half hours afterwards i felt you know you feel you feel amazing your your vision is clearer your hearing is better more acute you, you, your sense of smell appears to be better and um you know your energy levels are high i mean you're physically quite tired because it's you know it's quite a physically challenging you know experience at times yeah but what i find interesting with the cambo is that how everyone reacts differently you know out of 27 of us who did it you know, you had one person who went through the whole thing in under an hour, out, in and out, bang, absolutely fine, to to one person sort of pretty much sort of 14, 15 hours, mm. you know, off one dot, um, you know, going through a, a really interesting experience. Oh, yeah, I've, I've had my experiences with Campo. I mean, even now it's uh, a bit more understood. But the first time I did it, I was like a guinea pig to the, the group that we were working with. That you try it for the first time. I remember like shaking my fist halfway through, thinking, "Where is, where is that shaman?" I just like, I just to punch his face. Right <laughs> like, just the midpoint of just like everything coming out, and I was like, it was like complete frustration. Um, to uh, I forgot my point now. That's all right. I always do that. Um, yeah, so I had a particular experience with Cambo my third time round. Normally, uh, and this time I'm just like just semi-assisting 
the the teacher at that point, just learning a little bit. And when it came down to me, uh, there was no more left in the stick. So I was like, oh, it's cool, man, you know, it's all good, it's all good. And he's like, well, I've got another stick which I'm taking for another country. Come on, we'll just do a, a small one. This is me on my third one. He put, again, uh, eight dots in. And the actual physical time I experienced was five hours. I was in that space for at least two hours. Within, after the purging, what I was told was something, what I experienced was something else. Um, I had a slight visual experience, but I would say, if I've had, if it, with any psychedelic that I've ever experienced, that's allowed me to, in real time, have a new dimensional layer over my eyes to what I'm seeing, mm. this probably felt the most real compared to all of them. Interesting. You know, and this was a, I was in this lotus shaped, I would not call it a ship, but an enclosure, whether that enclosure is on a planet or floating in space, I'm not too sure. However, there were distinctively seven toads that were standing up straight, very unique body shape, but each of them had these uh, coloration patterns on their bellies and in the eye in the iris and when they were they were making these sounds and as if they were communicating i couldn't move forward i could just visually see what was curving when each one would make a sound you could see this um like there was one that was yellow in tone and it was communicating something and that yellow tone kind of like paint moved from one tone through the other and to the other one and the, this other toad was like a purplish colour and it just mixed for a bit and they both, it was like they melded in together and then it became red again so it was uh, that one is still the, the only one that I've not been able to crack yet because each, each ceremony you're able to understand more but this is the only thing through Cambo I have not understood fully just yet so it's still a <laughs> going through that it's interesting interesting that you sort of saw sound as colour oh man that, that was uh, I saw colours that I couldn't I've never seen before but it, it was just when they were communicating they were like through a sense of vibration sending in their frequencies to each other how, that's how they communicate there's always an in, in sinkage mm. with everything uh, but I still need to figure out what they said though so, I mean, what was your, I mean, so after the, the, the Cambo, did you have a day break before the ceremony or did you do it the same night? No, we didn't. We didn't do it the same night. Um, no. To be honest, it's interesting. When I try to recall the days and what we did, it's actually, I find it quite difficult to, because it all just sort of blended into this outer world experience yeah. being over in Italy for that time. So you're so detached from the rest of the world. But no, the first the first ayahuasca was the day after in the evening, um, so most of that day was spent just sort of relaxing. We did yoga and I went swimming in the sea and meditation, and then yeah, we started the first the first evening ceremony at eight o'clock in the evening, and the ceremony was just all three ceremonies were fantastic. So um, in this beautiful old Italian villa. And on the side of the villa, they had a sort of old family chapel. Okay. It's stunning. I'll show you. I'll show you a photograph later. And the gentlemen who were running it were these three uh, fantastic Italian men. One of them who I spent last year with, this lovely guy called Egon, and um, these two other chaps called Miguela and and David. And these guys have been working with plant medicine for over ten years. They've got. Um, they've got a retreat in the space down in in brazil and they're really um they're really respectful of the medicine and the the, the ancient ceremonies and the traditions so it's it was quite it was quite difficult different to last year's ayahuasca so our, last year's ayahuasca when we served it um well first of all we're in a very modern sort of high-end villa in 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 ibiza hmm. so it was lovely being in this old sort of family you know, chapel. 
you know, with an altar and stained glass windows and all lit by lights and the music was fantastic. So the first evening kicked off and uh, went through the whole sort of warm-up ceremony. We were all dressed in white and lots of really cool music. And we started off with something different this time, which was liquid tobacco. Ah, yes. You had to snort up your nose. Yeah, yeah. In the, in the little, <laughs> tiny little... You either put, put a drop yeah. on your palm... Well, I mean, these guys, these guys are almost like putting swimming pools in our palms with our hands. And they're just like, you just got to snort it up your nose, one nostril at a time. And that was just absolutely awful. I'm not going to lie. It was it was. But personally awful. speaking, I've seen people do a lot. But the trick I saw one teacher showed me was that, do you know, you have those really tiny, do you know those little spoons you get when you have this like, little miniature cooking set for kids, yeah. those little tiny things, utensils. You literally just need one drop. But yeah. a really strong little brew of like mapacho tea. Yeah. And you just need like close one and and it gives you the same teachings as rapé. Rap- yeah. It's still tobacco. But when you have a lot, yeah, that's it. Oh, that I, scent doesn't go for I was, I was, I was, I was nearly sick just on, <laughs> as it sort of went down the back of my throat. And it's, oh my goodness, it was so strong. Um, and interestingly, on the first night, I was actually the first one to to drink the ayahuasca just from where I was sat. They sure. worked their way around. Last year, uh, the shaman did it slightly different where we'd have a cup of it, but we'd have sips, hmm. you know, whatever size sip we wanted after every track when the, when the music changed. Interesting. Uh, and what, don't even mind asking, what was the consistency of the medicine? Was it daime? Was it... The it, ayahuasca, or it was it was quite thick. Okay. It was it was it was much it was thicker than this time. Okay. Okay. And um, interesting, this time I wasn't sick once. Okay. And I was doing, I was doing two to three cups every night as well. And on I, this, in this one. Yeah, on this one, and okay. I and I wasn't sick. Okay. Last year I was sick and back purging yeah. every single time. Um. But what was interesting is that you walked up to the altar and there was none of this sipping stuff. It was literally, you're, you're given a, a, a glass of it and yeah. it was straight down, all in one. And I was I was actually quite anxious because I thought, it's like, crikey, was like, last year yeah. I was sick just from doing sips of this stuff. If I neck it down, I mean, I thought I was going to be really, really ill. But as soon as I drank it, I realised that it was a different type of medicine. Its yeah. taste was... It was still absolutely awful. It still tasted disgusting, and I still get shivers. It's a, it's a very deep, very deep taste. Uh, you know, things like that's a good description. Very deep. Very deep. I mean, you know, it's when we people are discussing like a friend of mine said that, uh, but it's the it's the reaction of a friend of mine said before. Like, oh man, the first time, oh, wow, it was great. It tasted like uh, coffee, like sweet coffee. I'm like, try the second time. And each time went in, it was like just coming near it. Your your hand became <laughs> shaking. Yes. Just the scent of it. It's like gonna just you're you're, you're gonna start the effect. But that's the that's the point. That that unique deep taste and that fragrant deep fragrant aroma that it has. It's a part of the play. I can, I can literally. I'm I'm shivering just thinking about it. I'm having the same body reactions. <laughs> As one shaman put it, he's like, it's not, it goes, it's like, uh, it's like, it's like principle. You're going to, you're going to uh, your principle. Each time you're going to have a little bit fear. Because that fear you have is just your respect for it. Yeah. It's, he goes, he goes, fear, he goes, it's actually a very important sign of respect. Goes, no, I agree. I, I agree. And, and I, and I, to- and I totally respect it. Um, so anyway, I was, I was able to swallow it down and... Yeah. I felt nausea, nauseous for probably about five minutes, but I just sat down and I just breathed through it. And actually, I realised that I was in control of the nausea. Mm. And um, I just sort of settled down and, and, got, and got ready for the off. Yeah. Which didn't take that long, to be honest. Within, within 20 minutes, I was starting to get the sort of the soft, the soft patterns, the soft visuals as they're just sort of teasing you. And then you're just sort of sitting back, you're remaining straight, sat upright. Yeah. Keep breathing, keep focusing. You know, keep going through your intentions, uh, which is really important. Yeah. And then it, the, the ayahuasca really started to come on, where it's you know it's really starting to interact with you, and you can see 
all these different shapes and patterns and then they start to take sort of recognized form of faces and bodies and expressions um, and it, it remained like that quite sort of soft for a while for probably about an hour and a half um, and then it sort of just dropped me into this sort of what I only can only describe as this sort of dark space but not dark in a sort of a, in a, in a negative sense it was almost like you've been dropped down into this vast chasm of black emptiness mm. and whenever I go down into that space you it's almost like something's shifted in your brain the way you perceive everything mm. you, you almost are, you're able to look at everything from different positions and um, this entity came to me very human looking entity and this this actually this entity stayed I saw him every him no idea you know it's just an energy yeah. uh, I kind of got the feeling it was a sort of masculine energy but who knows any particular colours attached to this energy per se? yeah it was um, it, it changed but it was a sort of like a soft soft white light okay. colour which would change to a sort of a, almost like a golden hue yeah at times tall very slim um, you know no real sort of facial features but you could sort of work out that you know there's some sort of face there yeah um and one of my one of my uh, intentions was going in was to um was to address and you know talk about and look at uh alcohol consumption and, and drinking and you know a lot of people who follow me already probably know this story so i've sort of said it online about you know the fact that over the last 20 years I'd sort of slowly got into this sort of habit of uh, of, of drinking alcohol hmm. um, you know and I actually worked out when I was when I was over in Italy that I was consuming actually quite a lot of alcohol you know probably on average 100 units a week hmm. you know I'm a sociable person I go out a lot I've got lots of friends and you know alcohol is very much part of that sort of social scene in a lot of in a lot of areas and it was really interesting because I knew I wanted to sort of cut down on on, on drinking, but I, I didn't know how because I mean, if you're drinking that much, it is it is pretty much an addiction. I'd say it's a, you know it's a it's a it's a big habit. And um, this entity already knew that was what I wanted to sort of work on, hmm. and it went about basically showing me in, in huge detail in in a form of almost like movies the damage and the destruction of, of what alcohol does to our bodies and how it, you know, every single time we drink it, you're, you're taking yourself further and further away from the source. Mm. Uh, you're lowering your vibrations and, you know, you, you're, you're switching off emotions, which I, which I understood. Um, and he, and the, I keep referring to him as him. Um, and anyway, they, they, they sort of showed me and explained to me the reason why I drank was to sort of switch off this sort of chitter chatter in my head which has been going on for years this sort of this deep loneliness this sense of loss this mm. uh, this sense of not really belonging here or being part of this system and yeah. you know just this general sense of loss and yeah. something's not you know missing pieces in my life and alcohol was always a very useful sort of substance to sort of basically switch that mm. switch that noise off and this this sort of journey i think went on for about two hours you know huge detail really going into how my drink had affected you know my life my relationships you know hurt my loved ones including my wife you know all of this sort of stuff and at the end of it I remember just sort of looking at myself third person point of view, hmm. looking at myself, this entity has sort of stood over me and I'm still in my kneeling position. And I'm sort of saying to him, I, I, I recognize all of these points. Hmm. You know, I, I see them, they're all completely valid, but I don't know how to change. You know, I don't know how to change that mindset. And this entity just looked at me and he just sort of stood over looking at me. And again, I'm looking from a third person's point of view, looking at myself. And it reached into my head and it goes deep inside my head. And the weirdest thing happened. It, it, there's this, I can only describe it as like a, a buzzing snap. Okay. 
There's this like deep buzzing inside my head and then this almost like a little snap. And he removes his hand and pulls out and he's just holding this sort of other sort of other little life force or, or something. Yeah. And he's holding it in his hands and he's holding it with three fingers looking at it. And then he just he just throws it into the distance and it just disappears. Yeah. And he said, you no longer need that. When I woke up in the morning, the first thought that popped into my head was, I'm probably never going to drink again. And I felt, I felt this new sense of freedom. I felt different. I felt, because I was exploring the thoughts, and I felt that I'd never drank. Hmm. And the idea of drinking alcohol was almost like if someone offered me an alcoholic drink, I'd be like, well, why are you offering me that? It's a bit like offering me coffee. You know I don't drink coffee, so why would you do it? And it was this bizarre, bizarre experience um, which just left me feeling like a new person. Like, like Generally, like a part of me had been removed and I was mm. just seeing the world from a different point of view. And I didn't think much of it. And we had obviously had another day another day of rest before our second ceremony hmm. and each ceremony going forward it just it just continued to sort of to show me how damaging alcohol was how it continually affect my physical health my mental health my spiritual growth and health um, and you know yeah since coming back I haven't touched a single drop of alcohol and <laughs> nor, nor, nor do I even feel like it. And I've been out. I've been out socialising with friends in, in you know, bars and pubs and restaurants. And uh, I, again, it just feels like whenever I go to the bar, I'm just ordering something completely non-alcoholic, and it doesn't even think it. It, it doesn't even feel like I was ever a drinker. It's, 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 it's really, it's really, really weird. But also, what I found interesting is that I've had no. I would have thought after. 20 years of consuming a lot of booze yeah. I would have had some sort of physical withdrawals or some you know something would have affected me but absolutely nothing I mean I feel it's, uh, I feel it's, beautiful it has, it has that face I feel like when it comes down to alcohol I think that's one of the first medicines man started consuming when I mean medicines I mean our sickness is only based on our own inner workings so alcohol is like the number one for the ego, the low, one of the lower chakras. Well, I could be said it's fire, right? If you get alcohol, put it on fire, what happens? Hmm. The fire becomes bigger for a little bit. More confidence, more free, becomes a better dancer, becomes a better singer. It just The fire is on. It feels good. It feels great. And that's fine. The thing is... It's our inability to control that fire, to know what's wrong. We put more fire on, oh, you can start seeing the heart. And you've been avoiding the heart for a long time. So then, because you're seeing so much, you see a lot of detail with alcohol. Mm -hmm. Now, before you get to that, that self-analysis pace, you know, you're, you feel great. And it's, it's fine. I mean, it's a great medicine until you can't control it and that's the point you know you gotta you have to you have to know what is good for you you know oh this this one i don't drink alcohol so i apologize for any of my analogies but this cup of whiskey or this cup of wine or this little minuscule drop of vodka and all these things if there's a balance that you need to understand if you want to start microdosing understand your booze first understand it's a, it's a medicine it's a plant medicine you know? yeah, it's interesting as you mentioned you were talking well you referred to it as a plant medicine in our last podcast and uh, I never thought about it like a medicine but because good medicine is a good teacher yeah no it's yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's, it's certainly taught me if it's you don't learn you'll just be and it, I, I guess at the end it's a process because you've taken that decision afterwards You've got to learn a lot more, and it's like I'm done with this medicine now. Well, it's funny. It's funny you say that. It's almost like I feel I I didn't have a choice in the matter, actually. Yeah. <laughs> like genuinely. Yeah, it, so at some points, it's good to let's write it out first, and then have a yeah perspective afterwards. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, no, I feel, I feel like I didn't even have a, have a choice in it. I think you know, I obviously obviously created an intention, and 
uh, you know, they, they, they acted on it and uh, helped help me sort it out. But regardless, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm never going to drink again. Maybe, you know, at Christmas I might have a, a glass of fizz or something yeah. like that. Um, we'll just have to see. We'll just have to see. But, I, I but at this moment in time, I don't... Uh, I think it was not always with alcohol. I think people try going cold turkey too quickly. Have you tried microdosing alcohol? Like, if you have a few drops of this particular drink, how would it really trigger your brain? That's interesting, yeah. I sort of microdose and everything else. So. You're doing everything else. I'm like, yo, you, you know what? Just how about you do alcohol? Because y'all love that stuff. <laughs> All right? But you want to save cash, maybe you don't, maybe your brain's smart enough to have one drop of alcohol and ching, 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 ching with flavor and taste. It could, you could have built a memory to it. So it's like, it's like with the ayah. You don't need the whole cup. But it's literally molecular size activity that's actually happening up there. But this whole cup is there on the on the physical realm. So with all these things, it's like like a drop of eye for me now. It's I can work within that process to a certain point. Yeah, it's interesting. A couple of a couple of the guys who do the retreat with me, we've been um, we've been talking about microdosing the eye in that sort of sense, just to sort of keep yeah. keep, keep the energy still inside, and yeah. uh, you know to see how that works. And I'm going to be interested. Yeah, I'm going to. We're going to look into that and get that sorted. I think the only, the only uh, thing that I always tell people, like to always uh, try to start cultivating, mm. I, uh, really important because like you need to be forty years, eighty years in age to be usable. Well, this is what I like about uh, the the guys who who looked after us on this retreat was that mm. they uh, that's exactly what they do down in in Brazil they've got a lot of land and they've been planting a lot of uh, a whole whole forest full of plant medicine that's most important right now because uh, it's needed it's needed for sure it's a shame that you can't sort of can grow it in the UK I feel fill my gardens Fill the I mean, national parks. Are, yeah I mean it's like <coughs> you know you know uh, Kew Garden has one right yeah you said I'll show you a picture yeah, let's have a look at it. I need to. It's uh, actually grown pretty well. Is it? Because but it's you, indoors, though. It's indoors, yeah. I wonder if you've, there, there've been anyone there with a little sore trying to sort of. <laughs> I was saying that we went there and basically we showed one of the uh, the gardeners there that the the bark. Show you here. Let me see. Okay, so this is the bark. Right. Yeah. Now you can see at the bottom, some people have gnawed at it. Oh yeah, of course. And it's become near sponge like it's very delicate right now. So we told them. Luckily, on the other side, there's another vine growing below. But the growth of it, all right. This it's the growth of it was like. To find the right way after this picture. This part on top. Wow. That centerpiece, the the green in the center, you can see on top. Yeah, that those are the actual leaves. So it's reached up and it's curled around quite heavily. It's amazing, isn't it? And you say how long does it take to grow? Forty odd years. Good forty. Wait, well, no, I mean, this probably this is, this is this is ninety years old or eighty years old. Really, this particular vine has been passed over. So I mean, it's. So that's interesting that you know. I could be wrong, but I've, as far as I know, this this particular one at Q is pretty old. But that means someone, you know, hundred years ago, or so, you know, recognised what that was and brought it back to keep it as a sample. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's like, ah, oh, okay. Royal, Royal, Royal Q Gardens, and they've got. They've got this interesting, like, uh, medicinal garden behind. I think it's called the Queen's Garden or something. Probably. Just behind. It's it's in Kew. It's behind this red house, and it talked about uh, sacred plants and how plants work with the moon, on this little plaque there. And just that being that place, it was great, it was very interesting vibration, man. Mm. And there was some, there was there was there was some stuff happening behind the scenes. Oh yeah, I'm sure. You know, I'm with sure. plants from the beginning, you know, yeah. they've always been there and they've yeah, no, kept no, us alive no. to this point. No, so. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. It's funny because, I mean, I was talking to someone the other day and we're sort of both sort of in agreement of, how, you know, these these plants really are exceptional and they can, they can 
create a huge amount of change in us. Yeah. So why aren't they being talked about more and why doesn't the government talk about them more? And you're just like, well, you know. I mean, it's, the, it's still 3D ways of human being trying to have control in some way. I mean, it comes down to, like, uh, us, our behaviour. This is how we treat ourselves. You know, at some level, this is what we're doing to ourselves. So when I look at, like, plant, it the only, the only advantage you see is that it allows... Humans have a non-perspective. It doesn't really matter what religion you believe in. Your subjective view on your existence is yours. At a logical level. The very thing that has given you free air and free food has also the ability to teach. That's the, and that's the core reason. I mean, for me, I see ayahuasca as a, as a teacher. It teaches you a lot about yourself. Is, do you think that do you think that's why people uh, seem to be nervous and fearful of it? Yeah, it's medicine. For me, medicine's a teacher. When you drink alcohol, in that process, what behaviors we see, what happens in the human mind at that point, it's quite interesting. People do become philosophical. People become, to a certain point, a peak point. You can be there's an intellectual point there. And then there's that ego which just overdoes it, and then so there's this little fine line with it, mm. but it's got its purpose and how it needs to work with human beings. It allows us to be social as a species. If you want to go to, to a place to go dance, ninety-nine percent you're going to have a booze there. Mm. You're going to have a bar there, you know. So it's it is a part of our culture. No, it's, it's a very big part of our culture, but, isn't it? But I, I find it strange. You know, they used to put in in beer, they didn't, they used to, they didn't used to use hops. I was told. I I, I learned that there was um, there was mugwort, and mugwort was actually what you would call like sailors' weed. They would smoke it within. They didn't have tobacco. They would smoke it at sea, and mugwort was actually used to make beer, not hops. So mugwort uh, actually helps with lucid dreaming to a certain point I don't know if you ever had those particular naps when you slept when the sun's up so you have those little naps in the afternoon and some countries they have a nap between 12 and 2 mm. where the sun's the most high so just chill out and sleep but there's a particular state our brains are in when we can dream at a certain point when the sun is up and particularly at a certain place the mogul has been used in I think it's British uh, Scandinavian mythology of wizards and mages and sages and all of that stuff. Uh, Mugwort has been used as a particular tea for them to use to help with their pre premonitions, and um, it's a very interesting plant. And if you mix that with alcohol, it. if you mix that with alcohol, I mean, it would have been a maybe you could have had a, a very spiritual experience with alcohol. Just with this one ingredient change. Yeah, it's interesting. I know. I, I never knew that, and I don't think. I mean, it sounds like something from Harry Potter, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it was there was something like that. It's uh, there was something that being sounds like mugwort, but it was in this pot and it kept moving and stuff. <laughs> Probably, I can't remember. It's been a while since I watched any of the Harry Potters. No, yeah, alcohol is an interesting one, and. Um, but I'm uh, I'm very glad I've been able to uh, change my relationship with it. Mm. I mean, quick quick cough on the vape. <laughs> <laughs> it does give you a tickle. Try to keep that one. Have a drink. So, um, in what manners did, um, if you look at, like, what you experience had with ayahuasca, can you say there were any lessons that it teached you? Like, what do you, what do you see the conceptuality of ayahuasca being on the human race? Um, I'm not sure I want to 
sort of speak for the whole of the human race. But <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll certainly... Your, your views, I mean. In I'll certainly speak from my, my views and my experience. What, I, what I've generally found with my relationship with psychedelics as a whole has been they have allowed me to address many aspects of my life which I felt were holding me back, be that anxiety, which anxiety I'd suffered from since I was a young a young boy, when my parents sort of had a pretty nasty divorce and mm. I didn't understand it and um it was it was a it was a difficult, shitty time in my childhood. Um you know, and especially trying to su- support, you know, a single mum at the same time, you know, who who you know, my mum did struggle. Mm. And for me, the ayahuasca last year, because people always say, you know, ayahuasca is, you know, it's obviously such a, it's like, it can be such a powerful experience, you know, why do you need to do it multiple times? So, so I think this is an interesting point to sort of cover. Last year for me, taking the ayahuasca was such a powerful experience and it opened up my mind to everything else on the other side and, uh, and and all of that and it also opened up my mind to the idea that we we do create our own realities mm. and we can master our emotions and we're not we're not slaves to our emotional states and our thought processes and the stories that we tell ourselves the conversations we have in our heads so last year i felt that doing three ayahuasca ceremonies really sort of laid the foundations of a house I was trying to build. Hmm. So last year I managed to sink all the foundations, put in the groundworks, all of that sort of stuff. This year, because since my ayahuasca last year, I've also been experimenting and, and experienced a lot more with DMT. So then I was able to have many, many experiences with DMT over the last 12 months, Mm. which allowed me to become more confident with the medicine and understanding how to, how you can work with it more. So this year with the ayahuasca, I went in with a a far greater understanding of surrender, um, to go with pure intentions, positivity, love and light. And I knew when it put me into that sort of work state, as I describe it, then I was able to sort of do a lot more work on myself. Mm. I think another really important point to sort of make is that, you know, you can't just drink a cup of ayahuasca and expect to wake up in the morning a brand new person. It's a, it's a, it's a medicine that you need to work with and you need to want to create those changes and that is going to take time and effort what I find with me is that ayahuasca puts you into that space where you can have those honest conversations with yourself and you will very often get given answers and be shown ways to improve your life, how to let go of negative feedback behaviours or self-sabotaging behaviour or in my case anxiety, you know, control. And I think this time round in Italy, I was able, as I said, able to go in with a, with, a, with a deeper understanding and a deeper respect, and how to work with this. And I think, I think, I mean, it sounds funny to sort of say, but I think, I think the plant, I think the ayahuasca knew that, so I was able to get a lot of work done. So much so to a point that you know, since being back, and you know, my loved ones, my friends, my family, yeah. you know, who've sort of spent time with me they're all they always just sort of give you those funny little looks where they're looking at you and you're like yeah you're, this, this, you're all the same person but you're different man you know there's there's something which has changed and um <clears throat> you know a lot of, a lot of things have changed you know i'm now running six days a week i'm doing yoga every day i'm doing exercise every day and i mean i feel the best I've ever felt. My mind, my, all the mind noise, all the mind chatter, mm. all of those little stories which you're constantly running through your head, yeah, yeah. they're all quiet and it's down. Like I, it's like I tell people, um, the way you can look at, the way I look at ayahuasca sometimes, we're human beings. 
I was here for myself as a human. Um, but also looking at, okay, we have this now. But on the larger picture, what is the, where will this go? Where can it go? And seeing the, the possibility that having a direct communication to the very system that is active there, who put in that system to a certain point is how you have your phone, right? You have a phone, but you're going to update it. You're going to download an app. You're going to keep updating your information. I think the full plants have been designed to be a tool for human communication for far deeper understanding of you know, the bigger questions that I think ones would probably have in their minds of you know. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. I mean, I've, I just, I mean, it's always, it's, it's a tricky one to sort of contextualise and put into sort of words because it, there's there's been such a huge shift, you know, physical, mental, spiritual shift. Um, you know, my, my physical body is different. Yeah. You know, my wife says that. She's like, you know, you look incredible. Your physical body is different. My mental mindscape my mindset mm-hmm. is different. You know, the things that could have triggered me before, which would have created a situation or pissed me off, mm. they just aren't there anymore. And if they are, you're just sort of, you're almost breezing past them. And sometimes I catch myself going, oh, that would have, that would have normally irritated me. Mm. You know, the other day, for you know, classic example, you know, I missed, I missed a train. Whereas, you know, previously in a previous life that would have that would have pissed me off and I'd be like, right, okay, well I'm gonna to go to the pub then and gonna go and have a drink. I missed the train and it's the first thing I did was just to laugh. <laughs> I just laughed. I was just like, Well, you missed the train, man, you're gonna wait another fifteen minutes until another train comes. It's yeah. just there we go, that's just yeah. what it is. You knew what time the train was, so you clearly self sabotaged and didn't get here on time. So there's no point getting pissed so off. Always, about it. I mean and the best thing I keep telling people is that, you know, there's always a reason. You know, there's always something, even the most tiniest little things in our day-to-day lives that allow us to... If you start seeing the patterns at certain points, you start seeing certain signs that the universe has in play. You know, it's quite an interesting uh, play when you have a... when you've gone through certain experiences with plant. You know, I mean, we look at, for example, cannabis. Right, like, why is cannabis so popular? Like on social media, in life, in movies, in social culture, cultures, everywhere, plants have been integral, but cannabis has been there for a huge amount of time. Yeah, there's more Facebook pages and all these things for this plant than for feed the poor. You know, but everyone loves this plant. I know it's the most used you know, recreational drug in the world, isn't it? It's, it's something, it's something that's going on there when it comes down to what I will look at as plant to human communication. Because at the end, we, we go through a process where, if I mildly put it, I feel it does improve the human being to a certain point. Oh, I, 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 I agree with you. Okay. you. If you think about, if you think about, I mean, you see it in London a lot, especially around rush hour time, where people have been working all day in a job that they hate for yeah. people that they can't stand and they leave work and you, you see it in London all the time the first one of the first things they do is get a joint on the go and you can just see just the stress and strain and all that anxiety or depression just melt away from people I mean and I've had thousands of conversations with thousands of cannabis consumers all over the world for, mm. for you know many 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 years and it is undoubtedly one of the most incredible incredible plant medicines and it's it's just crazy how the the government have just systematically vilified and lied and deceived you know the general population for for many many years Mm. and for, for actually no reason no other reason than control and greed. Um, and I think, you know, when I start looking at other plant medicines, which, you know, most of these plant medicines are illegal, mm. you know, especially in the UK, 
um, you know, why is that? Why why are these wonderful teacher plants? Why are they why are they illegal? You know, we live in a world now where there are there are three hundred million people globally with treatment resistant depression. So this is the very worst form of depression and yeah. you know, people who suffer from depression, I mean, you know, you know it. I mean it's a life debilitating, crippling mental health condition. So there's pretty much the entire population of America suffering from this condition. But we know from early research, and I will 100% support this because I've had a long relationship with, with, with psilocybin and magic mushrooms. We know that by giving a very small amount of psilocybin to these people once or twice can have significant changes to these people's lives. Absolutely. So we know that all the big pharma drugs, all these things that they're creating in a lab, don't change anything because all you're doing, if you're depressed or you're anxious, you're taking big pharma meds, these medications that were just doled out like candies by the GPs now, all you're doing is suppressing the root cause of why you're depressed. Yeah. You're never exploring it. I know people, you know, smart, intelligent, successful people who suffer from crippling depression, mm. who are on antidepressants. And I've watched over the last 10 years or so with them, you know, their drugs are never reduced. Every single time they go to a doctor, you know, there's increments. Yeah. The, the strength of these drugs are going up. And guess what? These people are still bloody depressed. They're still struggling with mm. life. And all the doctor goes is well, we'll just well, we'll just give you some more, yeah. or maybe we'll, maybe we'll try you on this other drug as well. Maybe that will help. And you're like, Jesus Christ! All we're doing here we're suppressing the pain, the hurt, the anguish, deeper and deeper inside our souls. Yeah. And we wonder why in the UK now, one in two people will get cancer, cancer. in their life. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if there's not a correlation to the fact that we're living in such a suppressed, controlled society, and the very substances, the very plant medicines that I would argue can completely unlock you, if you work with them, from yeah. all of that noise, all of that chatter, all of that anxiety, all of that depression, all those negative behaviours. Yeah. But the government just wants us to take these bloody pills. I mean, it's just you can logically see I mean if someone told me you know like you know why would it be made illegal well you know that's so I see it as a play at one point but if I put it, the most logical view would be for me is that let's just say something like ayahuasca it's nothing new it's no. been there in history for a very long time we've known about it for an extremely long amount of time and the reason why for me it would never come out is right. Human human beings are still on this whole chase about money and the valuation of money and the fact that we are still un we are still blind to the point of that we need this thing to live within this planet. We need we've created this construct for ourselves. But with something like ayahuasca, if a human being for me would take this medicine it would actually reduce their cost of ingesting any future medicines by at least 80%. Because if you know, or you've gone through the process of knowing yourself, how will you get sick? Yeah. You know, something like, I definitely, if, if you were to take that, you would never probably need anything again. And after you've gone through your particular process, you would have, you would have the tools as information download necessary to upgrade your understanding as a human being like it kind of for me opened up certain avenues of my thought process or my brain or even what I would think of I mean, every single human, human beings are everyone's a healer everyone's an artist everyone's a philosopher everyone's a theorist you know we are we have angles in all these frames but how we can work in a, um, I'll, I'll definitely compare it to, you know, updating the operating system of your brain and how things basically process after. And that's the point with medicine. This is one thing I would tell people a lot that go through, if you're going to go through it, 
be brave enough to go through it three times if you had to as a process that's what we offer in the jungle you know because mostly you come in at a certain point coming at the maybe at the end of what you know as human existence then you have your middle and then you have your new beginning so that process is there now you're going through this process give it time process is the most important factor if you're going to three four take a break after you've learned what you need to know you you'll know no one's going to say you're no one's going to ask you what you felt but you would know when once you're done and take at least a year year and a half two years out three years out four years out five years out that what i've seen so far is what advantage this plant has because it actually does make human beings understand a larger factor of i guess i'll use the word play whatever play we're in right now because you're all here for a reason right Mm. no i agree (laughs) i agree okay everybody what we're going to do we're going to pause the podcast there because we've come up to about an hour so you guys can have a rest and uh, the next episode is going to be released literally in the next couple of days so depending when you're listening to this you might be able to go straight into the next episode but i do hope you've enjoyed listening to the first hour of this fairly in-depth conversation into ayahuasca dmt and all these beautiful plant medicines tida and i continue this conversation over the next three hours so there's still a hell of a lot more for you guys to learn and to like fully sort of get yourself into this podcast and hopefully you'll start to gain a little bit more deeper understanding into the absolute true potential and the magic of these plant medicines which i think you probably picked up from the podcast i'm i'm in awe with you know they've 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 really really created such valuable change in my life again i just want to say that we do have a discount code for canico cbd flowers that is just ob10 when you get to your checkout just use ob10 to get 10 percent off your cbd flowers and i look forward to hearing your feedback on this podcast please do give me feedback positive or bad as i always say i'll take it on the chin and i enjoy constructive criticism so i wish you all absolutely fantastic day i look forward to you listening to the rest of this podcast as and when it becomes available have a fantastic day and i'll speak to you guys soon